Hey, you have joined Coach Mickey and Friends, and I'm so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, I'm so glad that you did. Come on in, make yourself comfortable, grab something to drink. If you're driving, thank you so much for taking us to work with you. And if you listen on a regular basis, I'm so glad that you do. We love hearing from you guys, whether it's your comments, your questions. Sometimes you guys make suggestions on things you want to hear. And I would like to welcome Dublin, Ireland, because you guys have been listening to my podcast podcast on a regular basis and you are my first European country so thank you so much uh, especially um, Dublin because I love Dublin I've actually been to Dublin and um, amazing food amazing people and amazing country so thank you again for for joining us uh, today I am really excited about this conversation because this is something that has been milling around in my head probably for months now and I cannot think of a better person to share this with and discuss this conversation with then my dearest and one of my besties, uh, Lisa Sherrier. Uh, Lisa has been with me through thick and thin. She's a professional. She's a mom. Uh, she's got great insight. Um, she's cards on the table type of gal. And that's why I love her with all my heart. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you and I were talking um, about things, and I know you go through these situations also. And uh, we spoke earlier, before you know, prior to this this podcast. And I said, "Man, you know, do you ever do something you absolutely love, except for it always feels like it's wrapped in sandpaper?" Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I'm not going to go into the different grains of it, but I can guarantee some days it's scraping me a heck of a lot more than just a fine sand grain or fine grain sandpaper. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I, I've I've been struggling with this because I I do something I absolutely love, and I mean there's been a couple times I've done things that um, I really do enjoy. However, I think the um, the situation presents itself where it brings a lot more um, uh, challenges with it than it does the benefits. And uh, I've just, I've stuck it out sometimes and other times I'm like, you know what, I just, I can't do that. I just can't do it anymore. Um, however, there is things that I still do that I really do enjoy and I still deal with, with the situations and the individuals and circumstances. And it's like, it just seems like every time I'm trying to do something good, there always seems to be somebody else there trying to either take the rug out from underneath me or, or make a change or cause an issue. And, and I, but I, I still love what I do. And that's what I mean by, you know, do, having a gift wrapped in sandpaper. It's definitely a double-edged sword sometimes. And, and I think that applies to every aspect of your life sometimes, like anything from family to work to extracurricular activities. I just, yeah, there's good and bad in all of it, right? So especially like, for example, running a youth football program. So you love being there. You love the sport. You love the kids. But the sandpaper would be the parent organization dealing with the day-to-day -day ins and outs of running a football league. Parents are always a delight. And I say that facetiously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're doing something great for the community. You're doing something great for the boys. But then there's always some kind of parent drama or some kind of organizational drama, coach drama. You know, you just want to get on the field and you just want to play football. And sometimes they just make it very difficult. 
Yeah, yeah, I do. And you and I, we actually had a situation uh, in the past when we were uh, working together. And by the way, for those of you that are listening, I would like to inform you and at least let you guys know and share this with all my heart. Um, my whole football career really started because of Lisa and, and everything that I have done since then has been because this woman took a chance on me. So I, I want you guys to know that. And that is, there's so few people in my life that I can actually look back on and say, Oh my gosh, they made such a difference for me to go forward. And, and Lisa, you are uh, one of the people I cherish because you opened up so many doors for me to be able to move forward in starting with you football as a football head coach and and even through all the 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 disasters and the quagmire we had to go through to 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 achieve that year um still at the in the end of the day i still love coaching the football but that one year oh my gosh we just went through all kinds of crap (laughs) didn't we (laughs) yes we did yes we we were called to the carpet a couple times (laughs) i know but we were always in the right i will say that so as long as you're doing the right thing it always comes out in your favor so and I would have been crazy not to take a chance on you. I, I just, it was amazing. I mean, you won the Super Bowl for us. I mean, that was just the highlight of running that program. It made everything for those few years totally worth it. And I'm so glad that you've gone on to get all these wonderful certifications to actually coach high school football. I mean, you just, you're my inspiration in so many areas. Oh, well, thank you. And, and, and ditto, because like I said, I, I, every day, there's not a time that I don't step on that field that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, somebody took a chance on me to get me here, you know, and I'm always so grateful for that. But when we were talking about some of the situations we've been through, again, you know, I, I love the kids. I love the sport, you know, um, parents, are, there, there's some parents, I would have to say, it's not all the time, but man, every once in a while you get one or two and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, to make it really difficult. But the biggest challenge we had that year was just trying to get through the organization, you know, and sometimes when you, um, regardless of whether you're doing the right thing, but when you become successful and you're going above and beyond and outdoing those that have been involved for a long time or don't uh, accept the fact that you're in there and that you're different, um, just the amount of sabotage just totally blew my mind. I I, I couldn't couldn't get over that. Oh yeah, it was it was definitely a a rough season. But look, you excelled through it all. You ended up taking your team to the Super Bowl. You won it. You were the the first and only female head coach to ever win a Super Bowl in that organization. I mean, that's big stuff. I was so proud. You did us good. You did us good. You made all the hard work worth it. <laughs> but well, and on on the other hand too, though, I mean, we had to do it together because there were so many times that they were slinging mud at you, you know, as as the the president and coming through and doing stuff. I mean, we our schedule and and we're I'm going to back up a little bit just so we can make you guys understand our story and what we're trying to um, achieve here at the end. And what I mean by that in regards to doing something that you love, but just constantly have to deal with situations. So I came into came into uh, the youth program with Lisa. We got we went to get started. Come to find out, we didn't even have enough uh, teams to uh, play within our own league. So Lisa had to reach out to other organizations and their their uh, people. And you were dealing with what commissioners too, weren't you? In that, yes, yeah, and just to get us games. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was hard. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we, we did, did it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then we did, we went through the outside, but then once we got through that, then we found we had a couple of other uh, uh, teams that were in our league that ended up um, not being very excited about me beating them all the time. <laughs> because right. right. I, I, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. I mean, they still consider football a man's world, a man's sport. And when you have a woman that comes in and turns everything upside down wins, I mean, it's pretty deflating to their egos, but you know, that's the problem with adults and youth sports is it's an adult's lust for glory and it just ruins everything for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we were dealing with that. Yep. And then, then we went on. So we, and again, I'm not going to put out names or, or the names of the team, but we had one team that we, we beat three different times. And unfortunately they did not take it very well. And um, that ended up causing animosity and resentment. And uh, as I went to go on, um, they, they took it upon themselves to step in and, and make it very difficult and almost actually take me completely out of the organization based on their actions. Right. Yeah, that was bad. But yeah. you know what? We went before the board and we had a hearing. And of course, we won because we were ethical and we do the right thing. Yeah. But it was just very shady. So it was. it's a shame, though, that that was your first season in our league and it had to go down that way. But at the end of the day, you won the Super Bowl and, you know, they could take that and do what they will with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that, but I was also voted amongst the rest of the peers to be the head coach for our all conference. So That's right. Yeah. So, so, and that had to be put to a vote and there was, now there was 26 other uh, people that, you know, outside of my area that had to vote for me to come in as the head coach for our all conference for the rest of the, that, that section of our league. And at the time we were considered uh, midget, or if you want to say varsity, these are the kids that go on just before high school. So it wasn't just a matter of, okay, you know, two or three people at the end of the day, you know, it had to be, be voted in, you know, through that. So that, that said something too. And, and even with all the, um, the situations and the drama and, you know, the sabotage, you know, I still walked away every day loving it. You know, I, I love the kids and, and I was very fortunate because, you know, I had some really great parents and I had some great kids that I even still keep in touch with today and they've all moved on to college and I still yeah. hear from them, you know, and that. Well, let me just say it. though, that when you started that season with those, how many, 15 players? 17. Yeah. And hardly any of them had ever played before they were afraid of the game and like you whipped those boys into shape like you were a great mentor for them like all of them grew so much in that season it was incredible it was incredible to watch I mean not just the athletic part of it but to watch how you mentored them and and instilled so much confidence in them they were able to go out there and play we play some really tough teams I mean we played people from Otay Mesa. We played people from LA. I mean, and those boys just grew so much under your leadership. It was just, it was inspiring to watch. It was amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And honestly, that's what keeps me going. It's looking at the kids as individuals. Um, some of the things I've seen just in my experience, um, coaches have got to see these players as kids they can't be looked at as expendable or uh just something to throw into a, a, a you know a, a 
situation or as a, a skill player or a, into a position. That's what I'm looking for into this specific position that they're going to go, okay, if this one goes out, this next one goes in, you know, these are kids, these are individuals with feelings and they have, some of them have family problems and some of them have uh, learning disabilities or some of them have got, you know, they're afraid or they, they doubt, you know, and it just, it's all in how you present it. I mean, I would have to say, and again, and this is in my humble opinion, anybody that out there is a, that is a coach, you need to look inside and answer, why are you doing this? If you're doing it just to move on and move up because that's what you want to do and you're using those kids as a tool, you're in it for the wrong reasons because right. you need to be a coach because um, you are a mentor, these kids. Yeah, you have to wear to many hats, right? You have yeah. to wear many hats. You're a, you're a counselor. You're a therapist. You're a coach. I mean, there's so many hats that you wear, and too often, some of these coaches just do it strictly for ego, and that's just not the place for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we even have to step in and be the surrogate mom or dad, you know, yeah. I've had, yeah. And I, that surprised me too. Cause I actually had a couple of guys that didn't really have, you know, moms and that puts me kind of in a different league too. I know a lot of times you've got male coaches and the kids will look at it because it's a father figure. But on the other hand, um, looking at from the other way, the other side, I had a lot of them associate with me because I stepped up, you know, stepped up not as a mom, but because I am a mom, I could see things in a different light in a different way and then address things in a different way than I think other male coaches would. So it kind of, well, I feel like you kind of get down on their level and you break it down in a way that they can understand and you do it with kindness and compassion. You're not one of the coaches who run around and yell and berate the players. You, you teach with kindness and compassion. And I feel like that's what's missing a lot with male coaches. So, I mean, you've just done a phenomenal job with these boys and they just respect you so much. It's amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, we were talking about, you know, other uh, gifts wrapped in sandpaper and, and I guess just to kind of wrap up my, uh, you know, my situation, I still, I still coach. I still love it. I still love the kids and there's situations and times and there's days I walk off the field and I'm like, Ugh. and then I'm like, nope, no, the reason I'm here, why am I doing this? I do it because I know I'm going to make a difference in a kid's life. So that that's my, you know, that's my go-to at the end of the day. I still, that still outweighs the sandpaper, but we, we were discussing, you were saying with work and with, uh, with family. I mean, oh my gosh, I think a lot of people can associate with that one. Oh yeah. Especially when, you know, here's a great one. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's always that one relative that you'd rather not see for the holidays and you have to have a whole bottle of wine to tolerate them around the table. Yeah. So there's that. And, um, but I think at the end of the day, you have to realize that life is short and you may have family that you don't always agree with, but you can put your differences aside for that one day a year to spend time with all your family. So I think at the end of the day, whenever you're looking at gifts wrapped in sandpaper, you always have to go back to why am I here? what is my purpose, you know? And as long as you're, you still, you know, the, the benefits outweigh the bad, then you keep going. But when you get to a point where it's just not worth it anymore, you got to take a step back and say, maybe it's time that I do something different. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that can apply to even careers, you know, even, even relationships, you know, where you are. Oh, just, definitely. Yeah. And, and I know, I know for me, there's been times where I've had to make a pros and cons list. Matter of fact, I always suggest that. And somebody's like, what am I going to do? I love this, but I got this and that. And you know what? Make the list. And I always say, make your pros and cons and look at it and see what really outweighs the other, the other choices. And if you wholeheartedly still feel invested in it, then, you know, go ahead and stay. However, there comes a point where you have to look at it and go, but are they invested in me? Right. Right. Very, very good. Very good point right there. Yeah. And I, I guess on the relationship aspect of it. Now, work, I, work, I know is difficult. I know you're going through a transition and I know you have, uh, uh, you always seem to pave a path for yourself anyway, you know, and you always land on your feet. And that's one of the things I love about you because you're like, okay, I got plan A, B, C, and D. And if D is not going to work, there's E and F and G. <laughs> so, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and but and you I know, know, speaking of gifts wrapped in sandpaper with work, I mean, I'm in the process of looking for another job because, you know, I'm looking to get out of California. Being in the state of California is a gift wrapped in sandpaper itself. I mean, it's a beautiful place to live. There's a multitude of things to do in an hour. You could be up in the mountains or you could be in the desert. You could be at the beach, but the taxes that we pay here and the cost of living is so high that you work so much that you don't get to enjoy those things anymore. So I'm kind of in a transition now where I'm trying to get, you know, get another job where I can work remote so I can move out of the state. Um, You know, so for me, you know, I mean, I love my boss and I love my job and I love what I do and make a difference. We save lives every day, but at the end of the day, I have to say, I need a better, you know, um, quality of life. I want to be able to retire someday. I want to actually own a home, you know, and I can't do that out here in California. So, so California itself is a gift wrapped in sandpaper and, um, (laughs) you know, and um, same with my job, you know, I I mean, I love my job. I love my boss, but you know, I can't work remote, so I got to find something else. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, when I look at, um, you know, when you're talking about making a list of pros and cons, I'm a cancer. So I'm feeling, I'm a feeling person. So mm-hmm. I go by what feels right and what doesn't. So for me, I just listen to my gut intuition at the end of the day when I make a decision, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've certainly had to like leave a youth football. I mean, I just got to a point where, you know, I just couldn't do it anymore just cause it was just so difficult work. You know, there was too many obstacles. It was more obstacles than it was enjoyment. I got to the point where I didn't even enjoy it anymore because it was just so difficult, too many challenges, you know? And so you just got to kind of get to a point where, you know, am I even enjoying this anymore? What? I mean, I have to reassess my whole purpose of why I'm even doing it anyway, you know, at the end of the day. And that makes sense because that's what I think that's the biggest question is, are you enjoying it? What is the benefits and what would be the difference if I made the change? And also sometimes I've made choices where it's just like, it's so difficult and I'm struggling with it. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I commit to making that choice and I go forward with it, it just feels like this huge weight is lifted off my shoulders. And I'm like, why in the world didn't I do that earlier? You know, right. That's the biggest regret, right? Is not having done it sooner. Wasting, I, I did that with my marriage. <laughs> and I'm sure people looking out of that after year one. I waited for another 12 years. <laughs> and you know, and see, don't we do that too? And for those of you guys that are listening, I, you know, hopefully that, you know, 
I always wish that everybody is having a good relationship. However, that's not realistic. You know, I'm just going to call it what it is. And, but how long or how, how many times have we just hung on, hung on, hung on and gone, why in the hell am I hanging on? Why am I waiting? You know what? Maybe I keep thinking it's going to get better, but instead every day you get up, you know, thinking that it's going to be a great day. And at the end of the day, again, you're scraping yourself with sandpaper <laughs> and you're like, yep, yep. and you're like, why am I doing this? And and then it's for one reason or another, we always have a an excuse or a reasoning and we keep thinking it's going to change. And at the end of the day, it's really not going to. It's usually fear. Fear is what holds people back. But the yeah. most painful part really is sitting on the fence, being mm-hmm. undecided. Once you make a decision to stay or go, I mean, then you learn to live with your decision. But it's it's the not being able to make a decision that's so painful. Just make the decision. I mean, life is short. Just go for it. Yeah. No, you're right. And that's that's where it is. I think, we, like you said, you sit on the fence and, I, and you're looking for the change. I know for me, I'm going to speak for myself, there's times where I'm sitting back and go, wait a minute, maybe it'll be different. You know, maybe it'll change. And then it just, another day goes by and I'm like, no. It's not, it's not, it's just, this is never going to change. And then you have to start looking at the pros and cons and go, all right, so what am I going to do with this? You know, I, I've gotten to, gotten to a point in my life that if I already have the information and I know what's going on and I understand it, the next question has to be, what do you want to do with this? Because say, I don't know was not an acceptable answer because we do know there's only one or two. You're either going to do A or you're going to do B. It's You right. just got to pick. If you decide to stay, you either you got to accept what's happening. You have to accept what's you know going on and, you, and you're just going to have to deal with that every day. If you decide to move on and, and go forward, then you've got to understand that those that choice is going to come with some difficulties and some challenges and some, you know, feelings. But on the, but on the other hand, you know, a year year later or you know two years later down the road you're going to look at it and go oh my gosh this was I'm a better person for it yeah I'll just say I've never made a life decision that I regretted like I've just I'm 46 I've made a lot of decisions and I've never regretted one of them the only regret I've ever had is that I stayed in situations too long yeah. like I was at my former employer for 10 years because I was comfortable I was comfortable and I was scared of the unknown. But when I finally said, you know what, enough of this misery. And I got out there and I, I got the job that I have now. And it's so amazing. I mean, I, we have a mission that I'm passionate about and I believe in, I make more money. I have a great boss. I have great coworkers. I love my company, you know, and I'm just like, why did I stay for 10 years? But, you know, I don't have any regrets because I've learned from every situation I've been in. And as long as I'm learning, I'm growing. So as long as I'm growing, I'm okay with that. So some, some things have been painful, but, but they've been learning lessons and I've grown from it. And I mean, can't be mad about that. Right. No, that's true. And you're right. There's always learning. You know, I always tell my kids, I always tell my guys there, there's no losing and there's, there's not losing and winning. It's learning and winning. You know, you always learn something. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that because you're right. We, as we grow as people and look back at our situations, if we take that information or the event or the situation and grow from it, then those situations, you know, especially the ones that are bad, or I should say difficult or challenging, if you can grow from that and wrap your head around it and, and take control of it, then that situation never controls you. That's right. That's right. You I've know. never, I've never made a change that, that I didn't learn from. 
And as long as I'm learning, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. So, I mean, I think, you know, sometimes you just have to step out of your comfort zone and, and just have faith in yourself at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. So, you know, we're, um, uh, you know, I love this and we're, we're, we're out of time. We're almost out of time. So, so, you know what, let's leave with this because Lisa, I love your insight and you have got, uh, such an amazing outlook on things. And, and again, I want to have you back because you've got other stories to share, especially as a single mom, you know, and what you've done for yourself and how you've built your life and you just who you are, you know, you are just an incredible individual. I mean, just the way you look at life. Um, so, so give me three things. What's three things that people could take away today, you know, um, as we wrap this up? Um, I would say it might be a little painful, but as long as you love what you do, it's worth the pain, right? Yep. As far as the sandpaper goes, if you are in a situation that's painful like that, you have to assess your, you know, your, um, your objectives and see if they're still working for you. And if you're still in the same place that you were when you started down that path. And I would say, you know, don't fear life, go live life. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. That's, that's good insight. So please write those ones down, you guys. So Lisa, thank you so much for being with me today. I love you dearly. I definitely want you back because I know you've got more stuff to share. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me. I've I've had a great great conversation. We always do have great conversation. I wish we could record all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe that should be our motto. We should do, we should do that now. Just start recording them all. Uh, although some we may have to edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you so much and I'm so proud of you for doing these podcasts. I mean, they're just so great. Thank you. I love you too. I'll see you soon. Sounds good. So thank you, you guys, for joining me again for another podcast. I love hearing from you guys. Again, if you'd like to connect with me at uh, Coach Mickey and Friends, that would be www.coachmickey, that's M-I-K-K-I, and friends.com. You can find all my social media. Uh, please connect with me, follow me, and and leave your comments, your questions. Um, I love hearing from you. And um, it's always a blessing to have my guests on and to hear from you as individuals of what you you're getting out of this and sharing some of your insight and information. Again, we are just ordinary gals trying to live an extraordinary life. I love you guys. I will see you next week. This episode was brought to you by KeepOnSharing.com. They're calling themselves the first truly ethical social network. They'll share back 50% of their revenue with their users, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's free to register, and they never sell your information. You can list your products, events, and content for free. Adult content accounts, be gone. They're fun, positive, and encouraging sites supporting local business. In a day and age where social media sites, even well-established ones, are being brought to light left and right for their questionable and sometimes downright archaic business practices, KeepOnSharing.com is a well-needed breath of fresh air. While you can share personal content, news articles, or just about anything for fun and profit, the marketplace allows practically anyone to sell anything at any time from anywhere. But on this site, you are the boss. I cannot express how amazing it is that KeepOnSharing.com shares 50% of all revenue back with the users on top of having a truly transparent, supportive, and clean business model. Check them out. I'm signing up. 
Will you? Go ahead and meet me on there. Just go to keeponsharing.com. A link will be provided in this episode's description. 